It's Thursday, November 21st, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 272. Runtime for this episode is 42 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that doesn't hire enough mercenaries. My name is Jeremy. We've got the market corneriad, though. I'm Tyler. Again with the crappy puns. My name is Zach. No, you didn't use the one that Jeremy gave you for free. No. That's okay. Because it made me laugh. Because it was good. <laughs> and you couldn't have that. We played Star Fox Original Flavor this week. Uh, Star Fox Vanilla. Hey, fun fact, you know what Doritos were originally? Taco flavored? No flavor. They were no flavor originally. So they're so, just tortilla chips? Yes. They're basically just really bad tortilla chips. And that's what we played this week. I mean, these are okay tortilla chips. Yeah, that's true. I yep. mean, I guess Doritos are also okay tortilla chips. They're just like... Before 1997, this was the best Star Fox game they'd ever made. I Wasn't mean, it also the only one they'd ever made? Yes. They made Star Fox 2 and never released it. For some reason, it was like completely done. The N64 was already out. And they felt like it would be bad for their image because the N64 was capable of so much better 3D. And at I'm, the time, the graphics wars was intense. That makes sense because, like, you don't want to put the game out and be like, hey, look at this brand new game. It looks worse than literally everything else you can buy right now. Did they basically just reskin it for the new one or did they just, like, start development all over? They re completely restarted development. You can play Star Fox 2. It's on the Super NES Classic. That's a good point. I just haven't ever. And there's been a ROM out of a bit forever. For forever. Yeah, I just haven't. It's never been on my list for some reason, but maybe I should. It's kind of neat that they did release it on that Super NES Classic, though. Yeah, I think they did it mostly so people would stop asking them if they were ever going to do anything with it. Because <laughs> especially when Star Fox Zero came out, there were lots of questions about it. Because Nintendo was stepping up on, like, punishing ROM sites. And they're like, well, the game's never been out. And they're like, well, yeah, it's an old game. Who would want it? And it turned out, ah, some people. <laughs> Mother 3 win. Never. We know. Look, it was going to be on the Wii U if it was ever going to come out. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, honestly, I'll just go emulate it. I mean, I have a card of it, so with the English translation dumped onto it. That's cool. I didn't know this was a thing that you had. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to get some of the flash dump a ROM onto a card. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess I could do that, but I'm too lazy. I'll yeah, that's why I paid digital. someone else to do it. <laughs> Good point. Well, I also don't have anything to play it on. Like, is it a Super Nintendo cart? No, it's Mother 3 is a GBA game. Yeah, so you don't even need a Super Nintendo, just a Game Boy. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have anything that can play that. I guess I you have, have a an, DS. Yeah, I have an old DS whose top screen doesn't work, so perfect. <laughs> what have you been playing, Zach? So I've been uh, playing not actually that much. I mean, I spent all of Saturday pretty much hanging out with Kevin over at Collector Mania. And we, we played a game of Warhammer. You look confused. Yeah, so I was expecting to say World of Warships first, and I was trying to come up with other things that sounded like generic knockoffs of both that and another game, because it sounds like World of Warcraft, right? And now I want, like, League of... Like, I'm trying to come up with any boat Legends. names. Yeah, so that's that's an accounting game. <laughs> and already that's kind of lame. I'm not going to play that. I don't know, Papers, Please is not bad. Yeah, but that's like a game about a dystopian authoritarian regime. It's a paper-pushing simulator. Also that. Making bureaucracy fun again. 
it's a authoritarian dystopia. There is no such thing as fun. Uh, so we played a game of Warhammer. I ended up winning. That was fun. He basically killed my tank in one turn, which was upsetting because that was a very expensive tank. I did start painting my guys. And there's actually a picture of one in the tabletop gaming thing. On the Discord. On the Discord. Yeah, hey guys, we have a Discord. Drop in. Uh, although I think everyone who listens to this show is on our Discord, so. That seems likely. Tell more people. So that that was fun, but it did take up all of Saturday. Played a little bit more MechWarrior Online with the tall guys. I had a pretty good day. I uh, I killed myself twice, which means I killed myself as much as anybody else did. Actually, I killed myself more than anybody else did in the like the four games that we played. Because I survived. How do you kill yourself in that game? Just... Overheating. Okay. Because like if you hit override, if you get up to a certain heat, you'll start taking damage. If you have the override set, and for as long as you stay above that heat level, you will take damage. Okay. But when you're in the middle of a fight, you generally don't want to shut down to burn that heat off. I think you explained this to us when you showed us that one flamer clip. Probably. That was a fun game. I didn't play that mech because what we were doing was... Uh, we needed to have at least four assault mechs, but we couldn't have the same chassis, and somebody else already wanted to use a mauler chassis. So I ran out of King Crab. And in that particular video, which I'll probably shoot Tyler or Jeremy a link to so they can put it in the link to it in the show notes, I was running a King Crab, and I dropped right down behind somebody, so you can just see me in the background of, of one of the shots, and I dropped right behind somebody. And uh, they thought we dropped an artillery on them because I killed them in, like, three shots when I landed. <laughs> Are there spider mechs? Because you said king crab, and I now want a crab mech. Define what you're actually looking for. A central body with a bunch of legs. No. No? Okay. There is a spider. There is a crab. But but they're bipeds. Yeah, so they're just called that. Yes. Okay. Are there any non-bipedal mechs in that setting? There are quads. Okay. Goliath. Is it a stalking scorpion or striking scorpion? Can't remember off the top of my head. Quads generally blow ass in that game. Yeah, like, I kind of They figured. are terrible. They're in Battletech setting. They're not in the, um, the, Any games. Of the games. Because one of the problems with quads, specifically in a game, is you'd have to write a specific program to handle quads differently because they can't torso twist. Not to mention they have more leg spots to hit. And... Well, that's not as big of a deal because you can program the... The hit locations probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, you say this like you have any idea how these games are programmed. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know that it would be any different to to program that as opposed to programming an arm to hit. Yeah, it's probably not. You just say body part if you do it generically enough. Well, it's probably like highlight where it is and program if if X in, intersects with Y, damage occurs. And that's machine learning, guys. That's how you do it. <laughs> I can pretend I know what I'm doing. They're not in the games in part because they kind of suck and they're boring and they don't look nearly as cool. They're not bad on the tabletop, but again, that inability to torso twist limits their use. Although they are great troll mechs because if you put them in water, one of the rules for Battletech is if your guy is in water or behind partial cover in general, but water counts as partial cover. You have a plus one to being hit, so you're harder to hit. And on top of that, any shot that hits a location protected by the partial cover is negated entirely. And so since a quad has four of them, <laughs> you just this is park amazing. it in water and you're like, haha, now you can't do anything. And then they get behind you and they're like, what are you going to do now, bitch? And you're like, and you're like I can't actually do anything. Around. Yeah, pretty much. I don't like quads. Yeah, they seem really inefficient by comparison to just having that torso twist. Well, it's partly the torso twist and because the legs... Uh, the way the critical slots work in that game, they don't have nearly as much critical space as bipeds do because the bipeds have the full arms as well. 
Yeah, the only reason I was wondering, like, a spider thing is I was just thinking how cool it would be to just have one giant cannon mounted on top that you can rotate. The original artwork for the uh, Goliath has that, but it's really terrible artwork and it looks like a crappy AT-AT. What else have you been playing, Zach? I played a bit of Siege with Kevin. How did that go? Pretty well. Actually, we died a lot when we got up to hard, but we were playing just mainly Terrorist Hunt. Ah. Um, because I'm bad at that game, and we were kind of just trying to learn what we were doing. Killing terrorists, I think. Attempting to, at the very least. Unless you are the terrorists. Uh, no, you're playing ra- members of Team Rainbow. Although that is very far away from what it was originally, but... I thought that both teams were human. No, in Terrorist Hunt, it's the AI, basically. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Terrorist Hunt is the versus AI mode, so, like, that's fun, and that was the one that I was saying that we, we should all play. Because, like, first thing AI, I think, is fun. And, like I said, I'm terrible at that game. I say it's a good way to chill. I was going to join you guys, but I got finished doing all the stuff I had to do that night. I'm like, I think I'm going to tap out of social contact. That is kind of what I figured with something along those lines. Because you said, I may be getting on. And me and Kevin were playing, and then you never showed up, and it was yeah, like 8.30. Yeah, I guess I probably should have told you that I had decided not to, but then I didn't. You're welcome. We have dealt with you enough times that we kind of just figured that was the case. Uh, I played a bit of Civ on my own. So did I. That's all of my what I've been playing is some Civ. I booted up a game of America because the the thing about the Civ achievements is sometimes it doesn't seem like it registered them. So I was like, I, at one point I was trying to get all the achievements for like playing all of the leaders. I mean, apparently it didn't give me one for playing America. So I went back and I've been doing that one. I've already wiped out like two or three other civilizations. I think I'm on one big continent. I have the thing set so that it gives me a random like map. layout. Yeah. So I don't actually know what it is. Like I said, I've wiped out like three nations at this point. I'm always a fan of the islands setting just because I really like having to ship my units on ships. I like that too, but I also like not knowing what I'm going to get. Yeah, did we talk about the game that we played? No, we haven't. Okay. We played an online game of Civ for like maybe 100 turns. I don't even think it was 100 turns. I think it was about that. Ed warred me. It didn't go great for him. Yep. It didn't go great for me either. I Although suppose. his headset was off the entire time, so we're like, wow, Ed's being uncharacteristically quiet. Yeah, I, I um, <laughs> you're, like, you kept jump like jumping in and out of lag town for the communications here. I mean, like, yes. there was multiple times, like, you'd start talking and then it would just immediately go basically into squealing of, I, I caught, like, one word out of that. And man, the, the desync on that was real, like, because I'm off in some other land, like I'm on an island somewhere, as opposed to everybody else with these guys. And there are a lot of the turns, it's like, okay, I've got nothing else to do. So it's like, next turn, I immediately click next turn, because i got nothing else to do at the moment. I think I had too many cities. I was going to say, I was strongly considering joining Ed in his war against you, since we yeah, had you I in could a pincer. Tell. I could tell, because you had your, your units up there. That was actually completely coincidental. Ah. They were up there for barbarians. Ah. So... I mean, that is probably the right choice. No, the bulk of my force is over by my capital, dealing with other barbarians. I'm like, well, I guess I could divert some of these to Jeremiah. Honestly, it's probably the right choice. Kill Jeremy off. He's the one that's the best of the game. Yeah, I was going to say, you're definitely the biggest threat, but I'm I'm willing to uh, structure a bunch of trade agreements with you instead. <laughs> that That's my type of warfare. Economic warfare. Yeah, I mean, Ed slowed me down. You would have slowed me down a lot more if you had done that. You might have even got a city. Yeah, and I figure, like, one city is really, like, that's about what you can expect from a good war, is trading a city. It depends. I don't know. I feel like annihilation is a little, like, that's a stretch goal. You want to get the capital, because that's the victory condition, is to control all capitals. <laughs> oh, I, really? have, I have the, um, 
What's it called on most of mine? I don't think I have that one set, but I definitely have the Total Annihilation set on all of the ones that I do. In the game I'm playing, because I'm playing against AI and I'm kind of crappy at the game, I think I have it one level lower than what you have it at normally. Prince? I think I have it set at Warlord, because like I said, I'm bad at the game. They oftentimes, to get you to stop warring with them, will be like, here, just take a city. Yeah, it's almost always a bad choice to take the city, too. Well, I'm the like, unhappiness is almost never worth the city they offer. Well, usually I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the city because this is going to give me 10 turns to build up more dudes to stick on the border and continue my again. invasion. See, I accidentally took a city once and was like, no, this is awful for me. Please take it back. He's like, sorry, I don't have enough I could possibly offer for that city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please take it. This wouldn't be a fair deal for us. There, yeah. was, there was one. This city would be our dump stat. They, they uh, gave me Munich. Because I was warring against Germany, and I'm like, I don't even know where this is. And it was, like, on the other side of their nation. And, like, it was this tiny city on the shore of a lake, which I didn't know was a lake at the time. I was like, here, take this city. This is, like, a terrible city, and I kind of wish I'd knew, known where it was. Because this is terrible, and you do realize this means that in order to get to my new city, I have to war through you so that I can get <laughs> to my new city. Perfect. Um, I was gonna say, Jeremy beat me to the first religion by, like, two turns. I was kind of grumpy about it. He named his religion Lacus Klein. I was not paying attention to accidentally just made my Buddhism, and I'm so disappointed. I don't think I have a religion yet. Um, I, think I can it, fix that for you. I can always, I always forget I'm already how, fixing yours. <laughs> I'm I spreading always, Buddhism to Lacus Kleinland. I always forget how to, like, what is the sequence of stuff you need in order to found a religion? I always forget what it is. You don't, actually. You just need to build up enough faith. You need a great prophet. Yeah, so you have to build up faith points so that oh, you spawn a great prophet. Oh, yeah, that'd be wise. I don't have a great I prophet. I thought you had to, like, I was rushing theology, because I thought you had to get to theology first. Turns out that's not necessary. It gives you temples, which makes it much easier to get faith. Yeah, but I, I got the uh, great prophet before I got theology. Religion is always, so. like, kind of a secondary thing for, for me, even though it should probably be more important. It depends on what your victory condition is. I actually skip a lot of, like, early game military upgrades in uh, for culture upgrades, and then mid-game my military catches up. Currently, I'm playing Japan. Japan! Which is better military. Yeah, the problem is that Japan doesn't have any way to make money, which makes it hard for it to pay for its better military. And also, you have no one to war against. I mean, I guess if you wanted to take a bunch of city-states, but I don't usually... I do have a trireme running around. Although, I built the Trireme specifically because one of my convoys got destroyed by a raiding barbarian ship, so I'm, yeah, like, I'm building a convoy, or I'm building a Trireme to stop this. We're almost at the age of sail. I feel like we could start sending some caravels on some sweet I haven't raids. invented sailing yet. God damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> Man, Jeremy's <laughs> gonna win. I just got a coastal city. Okay, that's fair. I was gonna say, I started with a coastal city, basically, so... I think I did too. Like, I think I'll, I think I'll, almost all of my cities are on the coast. My second one was, but I founded it on, like, turn five or something... Um, it wasn't that early, but it was pretty early. Was there anything else that I've been playing besides those? No, that's pretty much it. I did learn today that Pokemon Sword and Shield are trash. Oh? Yeah, Jim Sterling told me. Who? He's, he's, a an, he's an angry YouTube man. Ah. He's not like an angry video game nerd, which is what that made it sound like. But he's an angry YouTube man? He's like a, he's like a video game, like an independent video game pundit. I was just say, imagine an angry video game journalist who used to be on The Escapist, and that's Jim Sterling. Okay, yeah, no, that I think I have a pretty clear picture of what that is. Does his opinion have any weight for you? It would if he wasn't being satirical. I'm oh. almost positive he is because the entire video revolves around the reason why they're going to be terrible is because Ekans and Arbok aren't in Sword and Shield. But they put coughing and wheezing in. 
I'm actually really sad that, like, just imagine the cool new redesigns it could have done on... Arbok with a top hat. <laughs> and a monocle, obviously. I um, mean, yeah, but at the same time, like, I think he... Like I said, I think he was being satirical yeah, about it. Sure. I actually really... I'm okay with them doing a new Dex every generation. I think that's what they were trying to do with black and white. And I, I think that's specifically what they said they were trying to do. Oh, well. I, I, I didn't pay any attention but to black actually, and white. Actually, so... I didn't either. Somebody else told me that. I think it was... Actually, now that I say that, I think it was you, Jeremy. Probably. So, speaking of that game, I assume you've seen Lawn Meowth, right? I think I brought this up on every episode of last yeah. time since I've seen Lawn... Did you see any of the leaks for no. the new one? I know I've not seen a Pokemon it. since no, either. We, we aren't paying... It, I'm not paying attention to leaks either. No, mostly I subscribe to the Pokemon subreddit, and they occasionally blow up about it. So, there's a Galarin form of Meowth, because obviously we need more alternate for- forms of Meowth. He's like Lumberjack Meowth. He has a beard. He evolves into Perserker, where he grows a bigger beard, and that's his evolution. He doesn't change in any other way, basically, and it's amazing. Interesting. Also, there's a cool fire centipede. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to the leaks, because I don't care. Like, I'm going to just catch Pokemon that I think look cool, and that's going to be my team. Like, it's not going to be optimized. It's probably going to be terrible. I'm just going to... I like having some type variety at the very least. I might do a full Wonder Trade run. I'm not committing to that, but it crossed my mind. I I wouldn't do that. Why not? Not, We talked about this, actually. Cody told me about it at at one point. The main problem with doing the Wonder Trade run is they get bonus experience. So they're all over-leveled. So it's already pretty easy, and then it's even easier because you're so far over-leveled. My problem with Wonder Trades has generally been that I get Pokemon that are way too high a level for where I am. I'm like, well, now everything's a cakewalk. I haven't really had that issue, because sometimes you'll end up with the people who are specifically like, I am breeding this Pokemon for perfect EV, so you yeah, get like, like the Charmander that has one EV yeah, off of being the perfect. The trick is to do a bunch of Wonder Trades one weekend, because you get a whole bunch of Charmanders and Dratinis and Torchics that all have all but one perfect IV. And those are good enough for me. Well, and also, if you want perfect IVs, that's a great start. It, yep. That is why I would say don't do Wonder Trade runs. Not that you can't do it, but if you're trying to get like some kind of challenge out of it, that's not the way to do it because of the fact that traded Pokemon get boosted experience. It wouldn't be about the challenge so much as it would be about you. The variety the of fun. Yeah. yeah. Because it's the first time I'm going to be playing this game with a lot of the Pokemon, I'm just going to play it straight up and... A lot of the Pokemon are going to be new anyway, so... I do sure. like the idea of every time I catch a new Pokemon to my deck, swapping out something in my party for it. That might be interesting. I'm going... What I'm planning on doing is I'm going to try and catch everything I come across, and any duplicates will be wonder-created. Although, how often are you going to catch duplicates? I guess, uh... Well, if he's trying to catch everything he comes across. Okay, I see. I mean, I may accidentally start nuking things, yeah, but The I... problem is, eventually, you'll have so much XP that everything will die when you walk at it. Is Ralts in this one? No idea. Why? Like, that would actually be a handy thing for me if it wasn't in the game, because usually my default psychic Pokemon is uh, Gardevoir. I really like me a Gallade. That's Psycho Cut. What have you been playing, Tyler? Um, actually, some Pokemon, but a different the Pokemon. The Uraniums? Uh, yeah, the like re- Uraniums. Week? Yeah, so, so like that. You have Agumon with a gun yet? I'm still oh, holding no, off on playing Pokemon. I didn't take Pokemon. that starter. I found some random kid who had all three starters in, like, a school. And she's like, oh yeah, they loaned them to me so I could learn about type advantages. And at that point, I had a half-dead my starter Pokemon. And the first thing she sends out is Fire Raptor. I'm like, oh crap, I am screwed. Thankfully, it did not use a fire attack. So, I was fine. 
Meanwhile, there are these random ants that just learn Ember at level 12 for some reason, and they're wrecking me. I've, rats, I, if you will. They're, they're just straight-up bug-type, though, so I think... That is why you never take the grass-type starter. Because fire? Because fire is everywhere. Honestly, it wouldn't be that bad, uh, except for the fact that I'm fire-steel, which means I got that sweet double weakness. Oh, I'm totally going to hell. I just had the thought of people playing Pokemon Go in California. Are they able to catch uh, fire-type Pokemon? But um, sh- No one's playing Pokemon Go anymore, Zach. Yeah. Um, Somebody must still be playing it. Hey, speaking of GPS-based games like that, I played Go to a Brewers convention on the same day that my phone refused to start. It just died of low battery one night, and then I plugged it in, and then it just would not turn back on. I have since gotten it working again, but I was, like, in a hurry, so I didn't have time to do a bunch of troubleshooting. So I took one of my old phones out and uh, just relied off of internet connections, since I had no cell network on it. But I needed something to dick around with on my phone, because obviously, that's what phones are for. And I downloaded a game called Orna, which is a JRPG GPS game. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Yeah, because of course... The cool thing about it is that I think it was basically just someone's hobby project, and they're like, eh, I'll throw this on the internet. So it's pretty good. It technically has, like, you can buy stuff, but it is completely unnecessary to do anything in the game. I have, over the course of, I think, three days of playing it, ground to level 60, um, and I just went into a prestige class that has, like, actual interesting tactical options. So... It's a lot of fun. Also, it doesn't suffer from the problem that uh, Pokemon Go and the other Niantic games suffer from, where you have to be in an urban center to play. If you're in an area and you're a high enough... So, stuff spawns all the time, regardless of where you are. If you're in an area and a high enough level, you can found your own kingdom, and then you can put buildings in that area, just wherever the heck you want them. And you can assign vassals to your kingdom if anyone else is playing the game near you. Huh. I am currently Duke of Arvada. So, <laughs> which nets me one sweet pair of wolf leather boots a week. Well, so you can give them to your vassals, right? Exactly. Like, you join me and you too can have wolf leather boots. <laughs> <laughs> the king gets a lot more, I'm sure. I am not king of Arvada. Yet. Yet. Um, they are a level 20 tier 5 prestige class, I think. So they're a bit out of my league right now. I'm currently having trouble with very large spiders <laughs> so <laughs> no it's a lot of fun if you need some grinding to be done it's a fun game you can also party up with people although it doesn't work quite the way i want it to if you're partied with someone you just like share experience with each other for killing stuff you don't join fights together but you can both attack the same enemy at the same time and it will take damage while you're in combat for no apparent reason it just doesn't display you both in combat at the same time so i don't know it's a lot of fun i approve of it as a GPS-based game. What else have you been playing? That one other thing. I'm actually trying to think whether or not I've been playing anything else. I finally like played some more Berseria. Did um, you defeat the dungeon boss? Yes, and I get did. the cool loot? I did defeat the dungeon have boss. You gotten, uh, have you actually gotten off the uh, island where you are were being held prisoner? Because I think that's where you were last time, wasn't oh, it? Oh, no, I've gotten way past that. I-, I had gone past that like a while ago. Have you made it to the capital? Yes, I think so. I, I'm not sure what the capital is, but I think so. Do you have a whole party yet? Yeah, I've got four people. And Lathaset has been named Lathaset, because obviously that's who he is. So you don't have the full party yet? Oh, are there more than four people? Can you have more than four people in combat at once? No, but there are, I think, at least two more people that, you, that join your party that you can switch out. Okay. So Styria didn't have that. Well, did it? I don't know. 
I can't remember. I don't know. Fun game. Maybe yeah, improve. it's quite good. I downloaded Rainbow Six and then didn't play it. <laughs> good what job. Have you, what have you been up to, Jeremy? I have just played Civilization Five. That is the only leisure game I have played leisurely. I am sorry we week. have inflicted in your this leisure upon time. You. Yes, that and the assignment Star Fox, and I really want to put a anything after it, but <laughs> Star it Fox feel, NES. It does feel oddly barren there, doesn't it? Yeah. So thousands of years ago, before the Nintendo sixty four. Nintendo needed to show off all the cool tricks the Super Nintendo could do, because Sega was like, oh, the Super Nintendo sucks. It doesn't have blast processing. Whatever the hell blast processing was. It could not bring you the lights of Comics Zone. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of... The Genesis did show some stuff off. I'm just trying to think of a game that actually, like, showcases it. I'm having a hard time Sonic 2? Yeah. I mean, Sonic 2, I don't think would play on Super Nintendo, but you could get pretty close. Anyway, they'd already created Donkey Kong, and Sega was already drowning themselves in CD peripherals and 32Xs, but they really wanted to show off, so they made this ridiculous 3D chip, strapped it to a cartridge, and made a flight sim. Well, flight sim is a little generous. Uh, It's more like a rail shooter. Yes, and it had anthropomorphic fox mascots, and falcon mascots, and toad mascots, and hair mascots. <laughs> By calling the mascots, does that violate our furry joke? That was a different take. Oh, damn, son! <laughs> Temporal! I've, I will admit, Tyler, you've entered a time paradox. Because you referred to Peppy as a hair, which, you know, that, that is correct. In my head, I pictured Star Fox, Falco, the frog, who Slippy, and Cousin It from the Adams Family. <laughs> I'd be okay with this. Good Star Fox team. Better than Crystal, as far as replacements for Peppy go. I mean, if Crystal replaced Slippy, that'd be fine. No, Crystal replaces Peppy, because he's getting too old for that crap. I mean, if (laughs) if he was still, like, giving you orders and stuff from the Great Fox. That is how it works, yes. I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, but he's not played by as good a voice actor in the game as in this Um, game, because it's not Star Fox 64. Is that in Star Fox Zero? No, that is... um, that's the Dino Planet one? No. No, neither of those. Assault. The other GameCube one. Yep. That's actually what I meant when I, I said Adventure. I didn't know that was a thing. Because Adventure was the one where you actually pick up Crystal in the first place. Yeah, Adventure is the one where it's a Banjo-Kazooie game on the GameCube for some reason, and everyone's very confused. I mean, I don't mind Crystal as a character, but... Uh, so speaking of games that aren't Star Fox 64, Star Fox... Um, Sidetracked. It's very Star Fox 64 is the thing, like right down to the presentation. Really, to be fair, Star Fox 64 is it, but it's really easy to see why Nintendo never made a priority of making this available. It's very interesting if you want to go look and see where Star Fox 64 came from, but that's kind of the only point in playing it. I really got a uh, feeling of Star Fox 64 from that first level. I think it's Corneria. Yeah, it is Corneria. Yep. Man, that level was like, it felt... Like, it was a slightly downgraded, like, I was playing it on my PC and just had to tweak the settings so the graphics were slightly worse. <laughs> yeah. Much, much worse, I would argue. Well, so the graphics were, were a lot worse, but I could still play the game. Like, it felt like that level. Yeah, it's the I'm same with sure Venom. They pretty much just carbon copied a lot of levels into Star Fox 64. Oh, that totally reminded me. I've actually, I was actually playing a bunch of, de- of uh, Space Hulk. Oh, I was... Space Hulk Deathwing on the computer. I, I was kind of hoping it was a Spider-Man game because he said Venom. No, I just, I, because it was the comment of um, playing on my computer and downgrading the graphics. I didn't actually do that, but I just had that thought of, yeah, downgrade the graphics. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. I've totally been playing a game that's probably way too graphically intense for itself. So speaking of the graphics, they might be this game's biggest weakness, because while they were 
technically impressive for the Super Nintendo. They're in that area of technically impressive 3D graphics that look really, really bad now, and they give me a little bit of a headache playing it. See, I didn't get that feeling. My main problem with the graphics were when they started putting in too many particle effects on specifically the Andros Armada level, where where it was really, really serious and noticeable. The game would slow down, like visibly slow way down. Which, I mean, that's part of the graphics, but it's also the particle effects that are in the game. But, like Jeremy said, it is not a pretty game to look at. So, I mostly had problems with the, like, vague parallax issues where things, like, updated very weirdly. Like, the perspective didn't quite look right the entire time. I don't know. It hurt my eyes. Is that just because there wasn't uh, a crosshair in one of those uh, views, or was that just... Because I didn't get that effect. I have this problem with a lot of these old 3D-style graphics. Um, it, it was also part of my problem with the original Mario Kart. Okay. Yeah, also lack of a crosshair kind of hurts this game. As a rail shooter, you basically have to constantly be shooting to see where you're going to shoot. You're only lacking a crosshair sometimes, though. Because yeah. occasionally the game forces you into cockpit view. You can't cycle between them like you can in the regular ones. But while you're in the cockpit, you have the targeting reticle. But when you're in the behind-the-ship view, you do not. Yeah, the only thing you can see really in the behind-the-ship view is your ship's big fat ass. It makes it real difficult to shoot things, especially when you're going through one of those levels where you have to dodge things that are in front of you, and you can't see them because your ship's big fat ass is in the way. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was one of those things that really bugged me. I think you can only fire three shots before the game is like too many you can't fire anymore until one of these goes away. That might be right, but they go away pretty quickly, Yeah, so it doesn't really feel like a limit the way it doesn't say Space Invaders. It was noticeable only when I had the power-up that gave me two shots. Then I noticed it because they fire. not only do you get two shots, they fire faster. Yep. So that was the only time I really seriously noticed, oh wait, they're limiting my shots. Yeah, and the power-up is a lot more rare than it is in, say, Star Fox 64. I think I only saw two of them. There's one at the beginning of the Corneria level, and then there was one... So at the beginning of the, or middle of the Andros There is one level? in every level, but you have to, like, kill the correct groups of units, or et cetera, et cetera. And if you die, you lose it. Yep. Which makes it a lot, seem a lot more powerful. Bombs are also in this game. They act more like bombs in that they will drop, but they also are very powerful. They're pretty powerful in Star Fox 64 as well, but you can really watch the boss's health meter drain. You also have your allies like you would in Star Fox 64, Although their main purpose in this game is to fly in front of you whenever there's a bad guy behind them. <laughs> I thought that was their main purpose in Star Fox 64. Too. No, they'd fly around you when there's a bad guy in front well, of you. Well, also, Peppy gives you nice tutorials, tells you to do a barrel roll, to use bombs wisely, and critically tells you what the boss's weak points are. If fight goes on long enough. Slippy, Slippy gives you a health gauge on the bosses. Which this game has automatically. And Falco, air quote, helps you with the secret objectives. How often he does that is a little, um, sus. Okay. He does do it a couple times. Whereas in this game, they just basically are there to dub up, dub up, duh, because they're not voice acted. And they do a little tutorial stuff, but for the most part, they just fly on screen and have enemies. You can barrel roll in this game. Does yeah. it actually still deflect bullets? Yeah, yep. very noticeably. The timing is tighter. You can't just spam barrel roll like in the other. Okay. It, it took me a little while before I even realized you could barrel roll in this game. I wasn't using it. Uh, it actually happened by accident. I accidentally hit the button that would let me barrel roll, and I realized, and I saw my ship, you know, tilt that direction. Oh. You also turn faster while you're doing that, like you do in 64. I was going to say, I love the noise that your uh, co-pilots make when they're talking. Uh, Jeremy and I were talking about this briefly off mics. It's not, like, super iconic, but I don't know. Something about it I really like. Technically speaking, they're not your co-pilots. Yep, no, you're right, you're Weenman. I do like it as a, hey, look down at the bottom of the screen, because there's so much going on at this game, you can't afford to just be looking there randomly. 
So I do like it as an indicator of, hey, there's a message there. And I don't dislike the sound, but it's not nearly as good as the actual chatter. I actually find it more annoying than that. But also, I feel like Star Fox 64 is a perfect display of how to use voice acting in a video game. Yep. Did I ever mention that I saved up for Star Fox 64 as my first game on the N64? You did not. It's not a bad choice, though. With pennies. (laughs) <laughs> that I collected and ran through a coin counter. Mine was Super Smash Brothers. Also a good choice. Don't remember what mine was. Going back to Peppy telling you about how to beat the bosses, though, I do think that's a weakness of the game, is the bosses, I don't want to say they're all cheap, because they're not all cheap, but a lot of them are really difficult to figure out how you're supposed to hurt them, and have a lot of attacks that are really difficult to evade while you're trying to figure that out. The first couple I didn't have any problems with. It was the Andros fleet level that I had trouble with. The one with the big legs that, like, spins around. He had, like, lightning that was going out to the side of the thing, but the biggest problem wasn't that you had to dodge those. It was that the room reversed. Oh, that one. Okay. So, like, those things... The Death Star one. I'm amazed there's not that level in Star Fox 64. Trying to remember where it was, because that's how I died, is that he switched it, and it ran into me. And I died, I'm like, how am I supposed to know where this is? So, I mean, some of the bosses can, but the first couple I thought were easy. Yeah, I just wish it was more information on how to fight them, because it can feel like you're just kind of grasping at straws, and it's not especially fun. Uh, There's also no score meter or secret objectives like in Star Fox 64, and in some ways I'm just unfairly comparing it to its sequel that added those elements that really help it. This game does have multiple routes, but it's entirely based on what difficulty you select, which does give it some replayability but doesn't give it nearly the shine that Star Fox 64 has. I mean, because this is all basically, like, completion challenge, there's no additional objective to go for. The idea of including a... The score meter, like, we always harp on, you know, like, it's an archaic holdover and whatnot, but, like, because that score meter is attached to those bonus objectives in a lot of cases, like, that's kind of a cool thing to shoot for, because being able to go on on the more difficult path, just through gameplay, instead of having it set, at the beginning is fun. Also, comparing it to its successor being unfair, it never stopped me. I mean, I do describe this podcast as unfairly comparing old video games to modern standards. That so. would be me. Um, what was I going to say? Also, because it's a dogfighting game, like keeping track of your kills makes sense thematically. Yeah, very much so. score is one for one, so it makes more sense. It's not like you get 100 points for a guy, although I guess some of the bosses are worth multiple points. But they make big, pretty explosions, so it feels like they should. Well, and it... Uh, it's still going off of the off of the dogfighting thing. There's also grounding for that because, like, in certain cases, those more engines gave you more points as a victory. Like, even in real life. Yeah, and at the end of Star Fox 64, you have that great bit where you see the bill that Star Fox yep. is giving Peppy Hair. <laughs> and the dollar amount is based on how many kills you had. Is there anything else we want to say about Star Fox? I'm glad we played it, but really the only reason to do so... I mean, it's free if you have a Switch and you have the online, so yeah, I'm, I'm very glad- low uh, barrier to entry. But the only reason to do it is to see where the Star Fox franchise yeah. came from. I'm glad we played it because it is definitely a game that we missed initially because it wasn't available anywhere. And like we all agree Star Fox 64 is a really great game. And seeing where it started is very nice. Oh, uh, hey, I forgot the other thing I was playing. <laughs> we can end that here. Uh, it's actually a specific character. It's Crack Shoot time. Oh, Terry Bogart is available. Yeah, and he's uh, lo- he's looking like he's probably going to be top ish tier, and also he's just a lot of fun to play as. So he's a lot more natural feeling to me than Ryu and Ken are in that game. Hmm. Also, you can do the the Shinku Hudoken input to Buster Wolf people, and it's oh, great. I have to ask, like, do they have the uh, 
alternate costume for him from SNK Heroines? Like, is that an actual <laughs> thing for him? No, that'd be awesome. Okay, I, just, I wanted to ask because I was curious when I saw they were going to put him in. No, they actually, uh, like, five of his costumes are actually just, like, other King of Fighter games he's been in because they've changed his design slightly in every game. So, that's well, kind of nice. I mean, technically nice. speaking. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm considering that one non-canon. Are you sure it should be, though? Yeah. <laughs> I should give. I should loan that to you so you can play it. It's terrible. I mean, yeah, I will. The, the gimmick in that is that you have to finish him off with a super, right? Yeah, it's it's just... It is not a good fighting game. So anyway, Star fi- Fox. So speaking of fighting games and flying games, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all of the games we've played from best to worst. At the very top is Chrono Trigger, a game that does have some dogfights in it. At the bottom is City Connection, a bad game. <laughs> That's all yeah. I got. And dead in the center is Harvest Moon, which doesn't have any fighting in it. On the NES? No, the Super NES. You're fighting the one before flight. 64. Yes. Speaking of... Uh, so speaking of uh, Super NES games that aren't nearly as good as their 64 counterpart, uh, we got to start at Star Fox 64, and it's much worse, right? Oh, yeah. Or maybe not much worse, but definitely worse. No, I'd say much worse. I think it's worse than either of Nintendo's other two N64 rail shooters, Sin and Punishment and Pokemon Snap as well. I agree. Oh, I forgot we played Pokemon Snap at this podcast. I would agree with you. I just forgot we'd done that. I'm so lamenting that they haven't done a, a new version of that where you can use motion controls. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Probably worse than Wild Guns, the other SNES rail shooter we've played. Um, I'm also just an irrationally big fan of Wild Guns, so... I think I liked that one, too, if I remember right. I'm trying to remember which one that is. It's like the pop-up shooter. Oh, it's like a shooting gallery, right? Yeah, it's like the shoot. That's what I was going for. Right, yeah, I like that one quite a bit. So, this is a bit of an oddball comparison, but I think that's all the rail shooters we've played. How do we think it compares to the other Super NES game targeted directly at taking Sega's lunch money, Donkey Kong Country? Um, I think it's worse than Donkey Kong Country. I know we didn't like it a whole lot. That said, this is doing something more interesting than just being a graphically intense platformer. <sighs> See, that's hard. Cause, like, I, Donkey Kong Country is obviously a better looking game. I think it's also more fun to play, which <sighs> is why I initially put it above. But like, I would rather play Star Fox. I think. Man, I think. But I'd that's r- why I'm torn because, like, I would I rather play Star Fox because it's more of my thing. But is it actually a better game than Donkey Kong? It's got a lot going for it in terms of innovation. So Here's a thing we didn't talk about during the podcast that maybe we should have. The most frustrating thing to Star Fox about me is sometimes the level limits put enemies just out of your ability to shoot them. And I found that very frustrating. And I feel like Donkey Kong Country doesn't have any frustrating mechanics like that. Other than the occasionally gimmicky platforming elements. I think I am so on Donkey Kong. Yeah, I think I'm leaning slightly towards Donkey Kong. I don't know if Zach is... Leaning either way. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm outvoted anyway, even if I were to go with Star Fox being better, which makes it real easy. It means I don't have to make a decision. It how was d- pretty close. How do we think it compares to another space shooty game, Galaga? Ooh. They're very similar when you really break it down. I think I'd rather play Star Fox. I think I agree with Zach. That this is also a tough decision for me, but I think I prefer Star Fox. I like Galaga, don't get me wrong, but... So we have a shooter between Donkey Kong and Galaga, which is Life Force, the second... Contra game. Gradius? Yes, what did I say? Contra? Contra, yeah. yeah. Not that. Same company. I think I would prefer Star Fox. Um, I really didn't like Life Force, but I think that's because I was unfairly holding it to the standard of Gradius. I think I'd prefer Life Force because multiplayer. That does help. I'm having trouble picking, but I, again, just because of that frustrating shooting mechanic, I think I prefer Life Force as well. 
And actually, what we have directly above Galaga is Punch-Out. I don't think, I think Star Fox is as good as Punch-Out. Okay, that's fair. Punch-Out is a surprisingly good game. Well, it's it's a weird puzzle game that you don't really think about as a puzzle game, but yeah, I'll give it to you. So yeah, we're going to put it between Galaga and Punch-Out at number 109? Yep, sounds about right. Okay, that is where Star Fox goes. Is that the top half of the list yep. still? Tec- yes. Oh, by, okay. by like 30 spots. We've got such a long list now, I can't it's remember like where in the middle of it is. It's something, 270. It's in that range now. It is still in the uh, very very much the play these. Are. These are pretty good. Uh, so what are we playing next week, Jeremy? So would you guys like to play a fighting game since you were just talking about them? Correction! Or a platformer? I have been really jamming on Terry, and that's made me want to, like... Now that I know much more about 2D Fighters, I, that's making me want to play 2D Fighters again, so that's my vote. Okay, so a 2D Fighter that I once saw in arcade and I always really wanted to get into, and I've gotten into a lot of games descended from it, but I never really did, is Guilty Gear. Oh. And you know what's on the Switch, my oh, friends? man. Guilty Gear? Guilty Gear. The original Guilty Gear. Yeah. Don't you have one of the Guilty Gears on Steam? Uh, Didn't I give you one of the Guilty yeah. Gears? I thought on it Steam? was a Blaze Blue. It's Blaze Blue, Chrono, Chrono Phantasma Spectre. Or I, something. I couldn't remember if it was Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue because they're made by the same people. Yeah, yeah. I played a fair amount of that and got my ass kicked by the easy AI repeatedly. So <laughs> wow. Well, Arxis could make an AI, unlike yep. everyone else in the world. <laughs> so next time on Last Time, Heaven or Hell Podcast One. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that's going to go one hour without making a furry joke. My name is Jeremy. Get this guy off me, Fox. I'm pretty sure we made that joke on the other one. I'm Tyler. Get this guy off, Fox. Fox! Do a barrel roll! I don't give a fox. My name is Zach. (laughs) 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 Don't delete this. This is <laughs> what, whatever happens here. Do we do? Do we want to do another take after Zach? I think we do. Catching on your recording. If I'm playing Animal Crossing over there without headphones, not a good one. It should, it should be fine. I will give you like a thumbs down or something if it's bad. I mean, Animal Crossing isn't very loud. So yeah, I don't think it'll be a problem. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so, so bad. You just slipped that one right in there. <laughs> are we restarting entirely? Oh no, are you feeling any peppier?